Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you too can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. It's Rayanne here. And today we're going to talk about something. Um, This is episode 80, by the way. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring it back to the very beginning. Okay. So we're going to be talking today about deep health. Now, when I started this podcast, I started it because I truly believe in finding balance in your life, right? This podcast is called Balanced, Fit, and Free. And my intention was to introduce to you all of the different areas in life that affect your physical health and your well-being, just your wellness overall. And so that is actually kind of what I've been talking about all along. So today I wanted to talk about deep health. There's an actual term called deep health. And So we're going to explore that a little bit more, but I just wanted to, you know, mark our 80th episode with um, kind of bringing it back to the very beginning. And that is talking about all the different areas of health that affect us. So anyway, today, before I was leaving my cycle class at the gym, I stopped to talk to one of my participants. His name's Michael. And he, first I got to tell you about Michael. He started, gosh, I don't know how many months ago he came in and totally brand new. He's in his sixties, um, maybe early seventies. I don't know. I didn't ask his age, but he's an, an older gentleman. And he had just a moment in his life where he was ready to get fit and start taking his health more serious. So anyway, he started cycle classes a few months ago and it's amazing watching the difference in him. But anyway, we started talking about how well he was doing. Um, and how he's really like hitting his fitness goals and how much he's improved. And he mentioned that he's just so much happier. He feels more confident and he's eating much healthier. And we also discussed how he's like following like on social media, he's following really inspirational individuals because it helps keep him motivated. And we were talking actually about one guy, his name is David Coggins. If you don't know who he is, he's amazing. And you definitely want to look him up. So anyway, while we were talking, I couldn't help but think of the concept of deep health. I recently worked on a certification to become a sleep stress management and recovery coach. And the information that I learned is just really awesome. And I have to admit that a lot of the information that I've learned through that certification um, is actually a lot of stuff that I've just kind of learned through life, like through my own experience and watching my clients. And I talk about this stuff all the time, but I love taking a class and a new certification because I, I like to learn about it through, you know, somebody else's words and then with a new perspective. And I also love to see the science that backs up all of this information that I love to share. So anyway, um, Michael was a total, he's a total example of how, all these areas that we're going to talk about absolutely 
um, he represents this, okay, the, the whole concept. So anyway, I, I am excited to let you know that in the new year, so in 2023, I'll be taking on more clients um, with a little bit of a different twist. I'll still do my nutrition and fitness coaching, but I'm going to be diving a little bit more into stress management and sleep and recovery because this is such a critical area of our health. Okay. So I already do a little bit of that, but I'm going to be able to do a little bit more deeper. So if that's something that you think you need, um, especially after you hear this episode, you know, reach out and let me know and see if maybe we can get you a consultation to see if it's something that I can help you with. Anyway, as I was talking with Michael, I thought, you know, our bodies are incredible machines and we are so capable of so much, but many people just don't understand how other areas of their life directly and indirectly impact their physical health. So today we are going to explore what deep health means and why it's important. I also want to tell you that I am almost word for word repeating a section in my certification by Precision Nutrition. They say it so well that I decided actually just to read some of it to you. Um, Of course, I'm going to be throwing in my own stuff too, but I want to make sure to credit Precision Nutrition for their awesome content. All right. And by the way, Precision Nutrition has a great website. So if you ever want to go to their website and just browse through their articles, you're going to find some really amazing stuff there. Okay, so let's jump in. What is deep health and why is it important and how does it impact your results? Okay, deep health is a whole person, whole life phenomenon. Deep health actually incorporates six main areas, okay? Physical health, mental and cognitive health, emotional health, existential or purposeful health, social, relational health, and environmental health. Okay. Many people think that being a healthy person is all about their physical health, you know, their weight, their size, their cholesterol, their blood pressure, um, how fast they can run, how much they can eat and how much sleep they get. And of course, these are all super important, but deep health looks at more than just your physical health. Okay. So let's talk about each of the areas. So of course there's physical health, which is how our body feels, how it functions and performs. So this is the area that most people are concerned with when it comes to their health. But here are the other areas. There's mental and cognitive health. This is how well we think, how well we learn, and how well we remember. Our perspective and outlook on the world, our capacity for insight and conscious awareness, and our creativity and flexible problem-solving skills. So that's your mental and cognitive health. Then there's emotional health, which is a little different. This is our general mood, okay? It's a feeling, um, a full range of emotions, but also having more positive than negative emotions, okay? That's good emotional health. Recognizing and appropriately expressing your emotions Regulating our emotions, like being able to respond to emotional challenges in a productive and resilient way. Okay, that is emotional health. Now, this is one of my favorites, existential or purposeful health. Okay, some people call this their spiritual health or their soul fitness. So this is when you have a deeper why, okay, for your work and for your life. It's having a strong sense of yourself and intrinsic self-worth. It's feeling part of the bigger picture in the world, okay, or a larger purpose 
outside of yourself. More recently, this has actually been a really big part of my life. Actually, it always has been, but it's just more recently been brought to my attention that this is where I get my well-being from. I truly believe that I was put on this planet to help people and to educate and to be of service. I love it and I want to continue to learn and be even better at it. This is my purpose. This is what makes me happy and what makes me feel worthy. That is my existential health. Okay. Social and relational health is another one. It's connecting and interacting with others, developing and maintaining authentic and fulfilling relationships, feeling respected or seen and valued and supported by others, having a sense of belonging. This area is also super important to me. I love being part of a tribe or a group, and I love feeling seen and supported by my peers. I really lean hard on this aspect of my health as well. Then there's environmental health. This is being and feeling safe and secure, okay? Meaning like your neighborhood, your house, um, just where you are most of the time. It's being and feeling supported by your surroundings as well. Having access to resources, for example, doctors, you know, healthcare and healthy food, and having a sense of personal autonomy and agency or being able to act in the world for yourself. When we have some degree of deep health, we're able to grow and adapt and evolve and potentially excel as a human being. At the very least, we have a life forward direction that gives us a sense of vitality and purpose. So when we act fully from a place of deep health, it can feel as though our essential needs are being met, which allows us to be our truest self. I love it. Okay. This also means having a sense of general satisfaction with yourself and your life. Okay. Even if it's not perfect, just understanding you, you're generally satisfied with who you are being and having enough. Okay. So when you feel like you're enough, it gives you fulfillment, right? But you can still strive for more. That's okay. Um, having abundance and wealth rather than scarcity. Okay. And I got to point out here that abundance and wealth doesn't always mean financial. You can be abundant and wealthy in many areas of your life. I'm also at a point in my life that I feel very secure and satisfied, yet I still do have this desire to strive to be more and to do more. And it's not for anyone else, but for me. Okay. So each of the six areas of deep health all work together. Okay. And that's what I've been trying to tell you all along. You know, I always talk about Today, I'm going to talk about mindset because it's important for your health. I'm always like bringing that up, right? So these dimensions of deep health are intertwined and strongly connected. Often it's hard to even separate them. So I want to give you a couple of examples, okay, of real life and the connection between all of these areas, the six dimensions of deep health. So let's say that somebody lives in a low-income neighborhood and it's what we call a food desert. Okay, there's not any healthy, great um, grocery stores. There's only fast food and convenience stores available. Okay, this is a social and environmental factor. If this person lives in an area like that, they're more likely to eat more processed foods, which is actually a psychological factor, which in turn 
affects our intestinal microbiome, okay, your gut health, and your overall health, which is a biological factor, okay? So over time, this person's health will get worse. But what exactly is the root cause? Because each of the factors contribute equally in meaningful ways. So is it the fact that they live in in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of healthy food available? Or is it because they eat processed junk food because they're not willing to go out and find different food? You know, or is it that maybe they had, you know, bad gut health anyway, and so they just keep feeding it this food. So they all like cycle together. Another example, more on a positive note, is if we correct a nutritional deficiency. So let's say that you are low vitamin D and B and um, maybe zinc. Maybe you have these like nutritional deficiencies, right, in your body. And once you improve them by eating healthier food or by taking supplements, this will improve the communication between your brain cells by fueling your brain better. This is a biological factor. Wait, so when you have better communication between your brain, you know, the brain cells, you might actually feel, not you might, I would be pretty much guarantee you that you will feel much happier and more energetic, which is an emotional factor. And that may lead you to join a regular exercise class where you build a community, which is social and environmental factor. And that continues to help you feel good and gives you the sense of purpose, which is your existential factor. And that will help you stick to your workout habits, which is again, a biological factor. So improving your your nutritional deficiency makes you feel happier and more energetic, which leads you to wanting to exercise where at exercise, you build some friendships and community, which makes you feel good and gives you purpose and will then keep you going, right? Do you see the cycle here? Okay. So in this scenario, our overall health will get better, but again, what was the actual root cause, right? I mean, was it, was it because you, you know, took vitamins and ate better, or was it because you joined a class, which gave you a community, you know, like what, which one is the true root cause? They all blend and work together. Okay. So deep health hinges on recognizing and addressing root causes. So by looking at how all of these factors interact, we get a much bigger, richer, and more accurate picture of what's really going on. Essentially, if we strive to feel well in these six areas, we'll be well overall. That is a much easier way to live and think than always beating ourselves up for not being perfect at our workouts or perfect you know, at our diet or our nutrition. Okay, but it's not always possible to be well in all areas, right? I mean, it's not really human or normal to be perfect in all areas. And it's okay. So for instance, um, aging, illness, injury, or having a physical disability may mean that we don't achieve the ideal vision of physical health and function that we want for ourselves, regardless of how hard we might try or want to. Okay. The same is true of all the other areas of deep health. There are many factors outside our control right? We all know that life is bound to throw new unexpected things at us. So we can act in ways that improve our chances of good health, but it's not always inevitable. People prioritize different areas at different times. Okay. We're all different. We have different priorities and different things happening in our life. Deep health then is dynamic and always evolving. 
In fact, having a crisis or a deficiency in one or more areas of deep health is an important stimulus for most of us to change. So for me, during 2020, not only was the whole world dealing with COVID, but my mother passed away. And this really affected my deep health. I, I thought I was fine, but I kept finding myself feeling really lonely and scared, which is a social and environmental factor. But I also felt very motivated to help more people. My existential health was my focus. I wanted to do better with my coaching and helping women not have the same issues as my mom. But during that time, my own personal physical health was really not the best because I wasn't sleeping well and I was drinking more alcohol. So things are going to happen and they're going to rock our world. And instead of being stressed out about it, use it and realize it's okay to not have everything in order all the time. Okay. But once I recognized that my physical health was, um, you know, declining really, that's when, what motivated me to deal with my emotional health so that I could get my physical health back in order. So instead of drinking and, you know, ignoring my feelings, it was time to actually face my feelings so that I could start to do the things that made me feel better physically. So again, perfect example of how all of these different areas of deep health work together. So I want to tell you an example of how deep health means something different to different people too. Some people out there want to be the strongest, the fastest, the fittest, the most skilled, the most muscular, and so on. So to these people, the idea of deep health might actually seem a little weird or woo-woo, right? They just want to be physically fit and the best they can be, the fastest, okay? It's true that elite athletic performance often means purposely sacrificing aspects of physical health in order to achieve a specific goal, okay? So let's take the example of ultra marathons, okay? People who do ultra marathons. These people run like races that are longer than the, the average 26.2, you know, standard marathon. So some of these people are running like 50 miles, 100 miles. Um, there might even be, I think there's longer ones than that. These are like extreme marathoners. So they're going to deal with things like vomiting and diarrhea, fun, skin injuries. Okay. Like maybe they fall and get cuts from the train or they have horrible blisters and abrasions. They could get rapid onset anemia, which in involves a sudden drop in red blood cells due to blood loss or tissue damage. That sounds great, doesn't it? Heat illnesses, a depressed immune system, poor repair and healing, chronic fatigue. They can get dehydration or hyponatremia, which is when they get too much uh, fluid that flushes out their sodium. Um, they can get bleeding under their toenails and lose their toenails. Um, they can get stress fractures. Some women have hormonal disruption and they lose their periods and people can even get edema or swelling in their eyes, which causes problems seeing, right? A competitor's mental health and cognition can also be affected. Some competitors like hallucinate, some become really angry and irritable and some die. I mean, wow, that's rough, right? So this is a long list of negative physical health outcomes that most people want to avoid. So how does the deep health, you know, come into to play here? So research on ultramarathoners shows that even though most are health conscious, 
I mean, they kind of have to be, right, to be able to do that. They wouldn't stop running even though it harms their physical health, right? So they're health conscious because they want to be able to run, yet they sacrifice their own physical health to be able to fulfill, you know, this this goal of theirs. So for them, their sport fulfills their mental health goals, their emotional health goals, their existential health goals, because they feel like it gives them purpose and also their social relational health goals, because oftentimes they train as part of a team or a broader community or with a coach. So in other words, it's all about trade-offs. You can't always reach ideal in every dimension of deep health all the time. So for clients seeking, uh, you know, my clients seeking extreme and elite performance, perfection isn't the goal. It's to stay as healthy as possible in as many dimensions as possible so they can still perform. Okay. This is hardcore, you know, and, and to be honest with you, most of the people I work with are not ultra marathoners. I have worked with a few people that have made it their job to either race or to um, be, you know, on stage for like a bikini competition. But mostly I'm working with people who truly want to find a balance in their deep health. Okay. So anyway, some of these people that are extreme like that, they basically are making sacrifices, you know, so they sacrifice one area um, so that they can be better in another area. Okay. So when we look at our own lives, we can see that sometimes we aren't our healthiest in all areas. So last weekend, um, we had such a blast. My niece and her band from New Orleans stayed at my house. They had a gig and then they stayed and they, they stayed with us because they were on tour and they were, you know, didn't want to be in hotels. So we let them stay with us a couple nights and they got in late every night. Uh, we drank alcohol. We ate a bunch of salty takeout food. We talked all night long and it was a total blast. I felt so good on many of the deep health dimensions, but my physical health absolutely suffered. I actually ended up getting sick after they left and it took me all week to recover. It was like hardcore, but this is an example of how I sacrificed my physical health because all the other areas were so good. It was so worth it. You know, I mean, I can't do that every weekend though. (laughs) That's not good for me. So, all right. So I hope that this all makes sense and how it all intertwines and it all works together. Okay. And sometimes like I said, it's a trade-off. Like sometimes you have to give up one thing to really enjoy another. And that's just true in all things in life. So now it's homework time. You know, I love to give you homework. So let's put this all into action for yourself. When you think about the six areas of deep health, okay, what areas are you doing well in? And so remember there's physical, mental, emotional, environmental, existential, her purpose, and social health areas to consider. So take a minute, you know, take a minute and think about, okay, out of all those areas, where do you feel like you're doing well? And it might be all of them, or it might be just a couple of them. Okay. And what areas are you not doing as well in? So take some time today to start recognizing how all the areas are related and create your entire health picture. For me, I'll just tell you how I'm feeling right now. Um, I feel like I'm doing pretty well in most areas. So with years and years of tweaking and trying new ways of living, I feel, you know, 
like I have a pretty good balance. My diet is overall pretty great. My exercise is pretty great. I'm adding in a little bit more rest. I have very little pain in my body. I sleep well. I'm very happy in my relationships. Um, I do work that I love. I'm even volunteering now doing something that I love. I love my kids and my pets. I'm safe in my environment. And like I said, I volunteer and I feel very well connected right now to the universe and God. I'm so fortunate to feel this way. I really, I recognize that I'm very fortunate, but I haven't always felt like this. It has taken me time and patience and learning to get where I am now. I also recognize that it probably won't always be this way. Something will likely happen to throw me off. So I just have to be ready and willing to work with whatever comes my way. As far as what I need to work on, I definitely need to work on my rest and recovery more. I absolutely love to be busy. I love to be needed, right? And I tend to take on way too much work and things to do. I love the buzz of like being busy and like rushing, but I do realize it's not good for me to do this all of the time. Okay. So take some time today and think about the areas of health where you're already doing great and where you need to improve. And just think to yourself, like, what are the trade-offs? What do you love to do? What, you know, what do you love to do? What do you sacrifice? And because this is balance, right? You're not going to be perfect all the time in every area. So it's all about balancing and giving and taking. So I hope that you'll take a little time today, review how you're doing. And of course, I would love to hear how it's going. Okay. So that is all I have for you today. I hope that you found this helpful and it gives you something to think about. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.